so you said at the end of the last show that you ended up getting somebody. Oh yeah, after like swiping like a maniac, right, 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 and then like every match, DTF, 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 DTF. I finally got a a a, a wonderful lady to say yes. Now, as I sped down your stairs, got into my Jeep, and peeled ass out of your apartment complex, only to get kind of shut down by nature because she passed out. Like, not while I was there. That's oh. fucked up. Oh. Uh, like, I didn't, like, I was still texting her. Oh, she, she fell asleep, like, fell during asleep your drive? During the drive. And literally, the last thing she said was, hey, if I don't, uh, if I don't respond, it's because I passed out. Sorry, this is last minute. And I was a little upset with that, but, I mean... That's just how this beast goes, right? And with that said... Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. Hey, babies. Welcome to the Cigars and Bars podcast. I mean, at this point, all eight of them should know who the fuck we are. (laughs) All seven of you uh, that are in the state, well, is it eight or nine? I think it was about eight. Okay, so the two of you that are in France, the five of you in the States, and that one woman that decided to listen to us. Yeah. Stay strong, you know. Yeah. I'm your boy Stiz, aka Babyface Stew, aka Papa Stew, aka Pasta Stew, and my girlfriend calls me Poppy Stew in that sultry voice. Uh, hi guys, this is Daddy Manny, aka Facts. Padre Manuel. Indeed. And joining us, a very special guest, our first guest. Our first guest, and something sorely lacking in my life. <laughs> the only. Ambition, how are you? I am fantastic. The weather is great outside. We got the hookah. We got the cigars. We got the beers going. I can't Facts. complain. Facts. What are you drinking over there? Just orange juice? Some OJ and some bear tea that you gave me from the fridge. Fire. And Delicious. then you got the sour going over there? Yes. I have a bottle of the Duchess de Bicouin. Uh It is a uh, sour from Belgium. So you know it's all freaky and shit. <laughs> Fancy motherfucker. And I'm over here, red-blooded American, just drinking a fucking Broken Skull IPA. (laughs) Which was delicious, by the way. Had it for the first time. Indeed. How the fuck are y'all? I'm doing great. You know, other than striking out and, you know, debating what am I doing with my life. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We're all there. I'm fucking great. Yeah? (laughs) How are you doing? You good? I'm good. I mean, I wish I didn't have to go home today. I, it's been a great stay. It's overall. been a great weekend, yo. You're a great host. Yeah, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I had a great weekend. Hosted the stage at the Hip Hop Festival. That was yeah. the first time. I busted my cherry doing that. Mm-hmm. You performed on that place. stage. That was dope. Yes. I want to know, though, how was it like hosting, you know, for the Hip Hop Festival? It was a little weird to start because, like, when we got there, we got there a little bit after the start time. So DJ Devi, shout out to Devi, he fucking already started with everything. And uh, by the time we got there, we had just started to introduce that uh, ROL Clutch Boy, and then I just kept popping in and out of the room just because they were giving us, they gave us all the times and everything. But I want like the kid in me was like, I'm at a hip hop festival. I need to see all of it. <laughs> so, right. I knew it was a struggle, friend. Yeah, but it was fun. 
it was a little weird because like it was us doing heel face so i couldn't do the full heel face intro because you know we didn't have the sound effects mm. so looking at people and being like you know introducing zeus like he's he's the cream in your coffee and we'll watch that cream rise to the top because he'll cream in your coffee and then there was just dead silence and i'm just seeing people's faces like the fuck don't you dare do this on my coffee but it would have sounded better if I was like, he is the cream in your coffee and he'll watch that cream cries, or, or he'll watch that cream rise because he'll cream in your coffee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, like. Sparkle, sparkle. But, I mean, it was fun. Like, just the day, like, the by the time we ended our set and, like, went to the main stage, like, what the fuck, yo? Yo. But I noticed, though, like, some some of the performers, you stuck around, and then some of them, you're like, okay, I'm going to go walk around now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it was just because, like, there were a lot of performers, like, like you got the email about everything. It was like, fucking, make sure you rap over an instrumental, not your lyrics. And then, like, most of the younger rappers were rapping over their lyrics. But, like I was telling you earlier, there's a difference between, like, rapping with your lyrics and, like, your voice is sounding over everything yeah but a lot of the rappers like i don't know if it was the dj's fault that like the beat was higher or the mics were higher or they just weren't talking into the mics because there was one dude that literally had the mic like this Mm. and so i'm like you can't even hear him i'm like if you're rapping put that mic up to your mouth so people can hear you yeah you know what i mean so but i mean like our stage it it was weird because like it started with like the rapper rappers and then as soon as the DJs changed, it was like it just turned into hip-hop. Like, as soon as you went up, it was like the whole vibe just went up after that point. It was fucking dope. That's crazy. What, yeah. what do you think it was? Like, what, what do you think, like, I mean, obviously, I don't know. If, if you're later on in the festival, you know, yeah, yeah. you're getting a good time slot. Well, as soon as, like, the sun started to go down, that's when you're seeing all, like, the headliners come out and, like, do their thing. And like our room like when you got in there that that was as fil- as full as the room pretty much got all night and wow. it was fucking dope like that that whole the whole vibe was was dope it was your first hip-hop festival how'd you feel about it bro i i had a great time i spent the day listening to some good rappers some bad rappers uh, chasing pretty girls. It was a fun fucking day. You were chasing pretty girls all day? All day, man. All day. <laughs> but, you know, Ambition brought up a good point while we were at the table earlier. Is that, you know, it sounded like Trauma and BZ's uh, set. Like, their microphones were trash or they were, like, turned down. There was one mic that I noticed. And it was the one with the orange tape that Trauma was using. That one, the sound kept cutting in and out. And I noticed it when Trauma and BZ were up there. I noticed it when Cash, or not Cash, because I think Cash was using a different mic. Uh, it was but, a wireless one. Yeah, it was yeah. a wireless one wireless. with the orange tape. Like it just that one kept popping in and out on the speakers and shit. So like I noticed it was happening when uh, when Marley B went up there with like Jay Bailey and everybody. And then when Trauma and BZ were up there with Tommy, same thing kept happening. And even when fucking uh, Smith and Weston went up, like. They just kept having to trade mics, and at one point, fucking General Steele's walking around with two mics doing his shit. Like, it was fucking dope. (laughs) I had a question, but you were setting up for the podcast earlier. Did you notice that when everyone before the headliner went up, like, they were kind of having some issues, the vocals were too low, or something was too low, but then 
the headliners came up and everything was like crystal clear. Yeah, yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah, what yeah, is yeah. That? Is that the DJ? Like, what happened? I don't know if that was the sound guy at 191 Tool. I don't know, like, if they were just adjusting it through the show. Because, again, like, I, did, I was popping in and out in each stage. And, like, earlier in the day, the stage sounded great. But I think it could be because how many people actually ended up in the main stage after all the other stages closed. I think just it, like, fucked with the sound with everything. Do you know what I mean? Mm, like, like the acoustics were because there were so many bodies in there they had to like turn one end up you know that kind of stuff but like a natural muffling in essence yeah. yeah but i mean fucking shay noir that chick like i just want to see her battle run once <laughs> <laughs> shit. she's like she came on and she was like yeah i produce i i write my own shit i make my own beats and then she gave you an example of each and then she the way she did it she's like you want me to spit more of my shit? And they were like, yeah! Like, you want me to talk my shit? And then just started going in. And I was just like, yo, what the fuck? Like, yeah. she had that energy. She had that East Coast energy. Like, she just wanted to fucking battle everybody in the room. And she was like, I'm the best MC. Like, her first song, like, she started calling out all the other rappers. <laughs> and I was like, she is either healing it up or she's just like, I will fight every single person in here. I don't care who you are. <laughs> It's just like, yo, I fuck with this chick's energy. Yeah, for sure. Good crowd. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Trauma and BZ, like, as soon as they got off the stage, would you say, like, Mankind told you, like, a hundred people walked out after yeah, that? Like, I was like, you ain't like, even staying for Smith and Wesson, yo? Man. Yeah, it's like they came, they knew who they were coming for, and then as soon as they were done, like, all right, time to go. Like, fuck it. Yeah, hell yeah. But, like, Seeing Smith and Wesson, like, the 10-year-old in me lost its shit. Because I was just, like... I've followed these dudes since I was, like, fucking 10. You know? So, like, I, I knew all the bangers. And then they ended their set with Bucktown. And I was just, like, so fucking dope. Fuck. I just forgot this. And remembered it at the same time. What's up? So, while I was at Home Depot today, uh, we're walking by. And this guy, um, he was talking something. But it caught the conversation. Um, he was talking about director. But he's, he was... Jesus, um, I, now I forgot it again. You're saying somebody was to hip hop as somebody was to this. And then I just happened to try and like be that douche guy who's just like, oh, did you go to the hip hop festival yesterday? You know, try and like jump in on a conversation. He's like, no, nah, man. And it's like, like all it was is going to be a bunch of local hip hop rappers and things like that. And I was like, they had Smith and Wesson on there. And he just like changed, like, what? He's like, yeah. <laughs> like his whole demeanor changed, that. like <laughs> an actual artist? He's like, yeah. Yo, Cash Lansky, shout to Cash, man. Yeah. Like, like him, Megs, and fucking DJ Bonus. Mm. That performance was a goddamn masterpiece. Like that, that, that was fire. <laughs> like, it was like I, I've gotten to this point. Like I told Manny this before, where I was like, when I was younger, as soon as I had a, had a fucking camera on my phone, I would film everything. Right. And now it's like, as I've gotten older, I'm just there to just enjoy it. Do you know what I mean? So, like, the whole time that Cash was up there, I was, like, about to pull my phone out, but I was, like, I was just immense in what I was seeing. And then I saw Katya with her camera filming everything, so I was, like, I'm going to see this shit later. So, I'm, like... <laughs> that was the thing I was actually thinking about during the show, because there was that lady, like, to the left of us, like, at the end. Yeah, yeah. She was just sitting there recording everything, right? Yeah, yeah. And, like, are you actually enjoying this? Because you're watching it unfold, like, second party through your phone. 
And like I feel that takes away from everything a little bit because you're like you're staring through it. You're more focused about am I getting him in the frame? Am I getting the light just right? Am I covering the mic? Meanwhile, I'm just like enjoying my tits off, just in, like, <laughs> like yes. Actually, I found out who that chick was. Oh, uh, her no name is to her anyway. Yeah, like her hip hop name is Tiptoe. Uh, she's a throwback hip hop head, and so like like her and I actually started shooting the shit a little bit okay, okay. Uh, in between Shay Noir and uh, and fucking uh, Smith and Wesson, and like she followed me on Instagram. I followed her back, then I started looking at her page. She is a hip hop head, yo. Okay. Like, and she was filming the whole show because like that's what she does. She goes, okay, I- she documents each show that she goes to. But apparently, she had just interviewed interviewed uh, General Steele. Okay. And like she showed me the video, like she does a whole podcast on YouTube. So yeah, shout out to Tiptoe. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Shout out to Tiptoe. I was just concerned you were like a fan who didn't understand, like you know, watch it full and first. Now she's already lived that life. Now she's documenting. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That shit was dope, bro. Like when Cash is when like fucking what were they called? Uh, oh, fucking, I'm, I'm blanking on the. Yeah, yeah. Like it was like a French name. That shit. Yeah, yeah. It was. It was fucking dope. Just the like, it started with Bonus going up there, just doing his scratches and shit, getting everybody in a hip hop vibe. And then when Megs went up there, he just fucking anybody who's listening to this, if you don't know who Manny Megs is, you probably should. That's not me, yeah. by the way. That's not me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's not Daddy Manny. It's Manny Megs, <laughs> the flyest motherfucker in the room, apparently. Like that vest he had on fire. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> mask, mask headpiece. Hell yeah, like. He never shows his face to anybody. He's always got a mask on, got his hat, his glasses and shit. And he's just coming out there just giving you beats and banging and shit. Again, but like, not me. <laughs> yeah. But, like, when they were going at it, like like I said to you guys earlier, like, I almost forgot the cash was a part of the whole thing. And I'm sitting here watching it. And then the moment he calmly walked out on the stage in front of the mic, the whole place erupted. And then, like, him and Manny together, like, they just manny started playing just like a melody it didn't even have a beat it was just like those horns that he was yeah. playing and cash just spitting it at everybody and i'm just like yo this is fucking this is a masterpiece and then just everything else and then when he did sour hour i yeah. just i just lost yo, my shit i fell in love that was my first time so that was the first time you heard that song yeah. oh. or him in general <laughs> you gotta you gotta peep after this like after the show i'll play you some of uh kill zone that shit that shit that's like put on your fucking ski mask <laughs> like, <laughs> so this is my second time seeing cash lansky because he yeah, yeah. sat at the uh, <clears throat> jazz festival oh um, that that shit that was, was fire the next time that happens by the way I, I guess it's every february they do this like black excellence show over at thunder canyon it's jazz hip-hop so they had a jazz band playing like by the time we got there uh, there was just a, like it was like a house jazz band that was playing but then every performer that went up they weren't they didn't have a DJ playing their shit it, they were playing with the house band and it was just fucking fantastic and like when cash was there like that shit was dope that was soulful man yeah but like that's the thing with cash lansky is like I've seen him since I was in high school, and, like, back in the day, like, he was always a dope spitter, but, like, you could see that he's just grown as as a performer, because, like, last night, when you see that, especially the way it just looked while you were there, and that fucking drone camera that was flying around, like, (laughs) yeah, that shit, like, I, I can't wait to see what that looks like, but I know if they were to release that, like, people who 
think they know hip-hop or that have seen hip-hop like if they see that it's gonna come across looking so fucking professional yeah and i'm just like yo that's how you build your brand right there exactly and for many though like my my question is because obviously we have papa stew hosting a stage i'm performing katia's fucking taking pictures everyone in this house had a job to do at this festival for so for you to like you know be part of it i, I was a little bit worried about you because like we got there hella early and i knew you were going to be there with us all day so i am ride or die okay okay this man this man is truly a ride or die like you could call me at three in the morning and uh, I won't be happy about it, but I'll be there by like 3.45, depending on traffic. <laughs> <laughs> These are fact, and I'm there for his shorts when uh, he needs it. <laughs> it's just, you know, the universe was telling me, don't don't slide back into your hoe phase. You can't do that anymore. Man. You got possibly something on the hook here. You got to actually, you know, like fishing, you got to play with it a little bit. You know, you can't just... Like, <laughs> no yanking. Did you learn your lesson? I learned my lesson big time. <laughs> so how how are you doing? Like how was how did it feel doing your set at the festival and shit? Like that you totally fucking like instead of being on the stage, you were on the floor just like rapping in front of people and everybody was engaged. Like that shit was so beautiful to see. Man, I wasn't expecting that. Like kind of like what we were talking about over breakfast. I was like, I was expecting just the few homies I have out in Tucson yeah, yeah. to be there. But just to see so many new faces is like, I wanted to cry. I was so happy. I was like, <laughs> damn, who are all these people? That's like, what I was saying earlier. It's like hip hop's like an ecosystem. Like all it takes is one person to be like, yo, have you heard of Ambition? And then the next person, then the next person. Then you go out and you perform and you put on a dope set. Like people are going to remember that shit. And that's just that's how you build your stock and like also that just builds the stock of just hip-hop in general and like i expected more people to come see you to be honest because like legit if we would have been on the outside stage i'm pretty sure you would have had most of the crowd coming to actually like pay attention to you do you know what i mean yeah Yeah, which how they had it set up was like brilliant but at the same time it was kind of weird yeah Cause like I felt bad for the producers, cause like that producer stage, it's like you had to walk up that ramp, and mm-hmm. it's like they're all tucked away in this dark right. room, and like I understood why they had the door closed, just because they had that wall that had all the video and shit on it. Right. But like, like I knew some of the producers they were gonna be putting in there, and like shout out to Halcero, he's gonna mm-hmm. be our DJ for the show that we're doing this Friday. Oh yeah. And okay. like that dude makes bangers like his albums that he has are fucking dope every time i've seen him perform live he's dope like they had so many just like the festival just had so much dopeness in it and like the way it ended i was just like i felt good but i felt like i took a trip back to the 90s like we got that (laughs) we got fucking smith and wesson i caught a tape that like when when latroid or what was it latroid dot i can't even fucking remember their name three two yeah but when they when they came out like manny pulled out these little tapes and started throwing them into the crowd and he threw one in our direction and somebody tried to catch it it deflected off him and literally landed in my hand literally, <laughs> I, think I think it was the guy like that was uh, with ray uh i think he went to grab it it tipped yeah yeah it. i caught it and i was like oh that's dope and it was funny because after after their set cash it was like sitting over on the side and i went to go talk to him and i was just like telling him like bro i appreciate what you do for the city like and i told him i was like but thanks to y'all i gotta find a fucking walkman tape deck now (laughs) (laughs) haven't had one of those since i was like 10 (laughs) so i'm like yeah it's dope 
Man. Well, you could spend five hundred dollars for a Tucson hoopty, and like it'll have a tape deck. <laughs> or I could spend thirty bucks and get one of those. I found this. Uh, I found a little Walkman that they make now that apparently you could put a cassette tape in there, and right. it actually um, mixes everything into an MP3. Oh shit! So I'm like, fuck. I might give me one of those and just fucking put that shit on my phone and just listen to it on my phone at that point. Oh, that's dope. The whole thing was like hopping into a time machine. We were just talking about this. Was, Thanks. I felt the same way. That shit was dope. Like the whole thing, it just felt, it just felt right. Like if you if you love hip hop, like that festival, I can't wait for the next year because that shit's gonna be fucking fire. We're gonna be main stage next year. Think so? Let's go. <laughs> Come on. Once they see all the video recaps and how well we did, all right, we're putting them in the main. Let's go. Well, shit, you were like awesome. You like like. Again, this is my first time seeing you. You just like jump into the crowd. And you're moving with them. Everyone's screaming, "Speak your shit!" And like, 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 I'm just like mind blown. Yeah, That's so dope, dude. Well, like it blew my mind that like we had every aspect of like when we were in the studio one stage. At first, we didn't really want to do anything because there was nobody in there. I'm like, who are we gonna be potting to? The DJ. Right. <laughs> so like, so we told Devi, we're just like, yo, just play some beats or something and then like a couple rappers didn't show up for their set and so i talked to pike and i was like yo what do we do if somebody doesn't show up and he's like just either use that to push your shit or just have the dj play beats and just keep the crowd warm you know talk about some sponsors do whatever you know and i'm like all right cool and so like when you were out with patty and katya for a while uh, zeus and i were just sitting there kind of shooting the shit with the people that were in there yeah yeah but, like, as soon as, like, Nathan Villains went on, then you went on, and, like, after that, it was just, like, dope MC after dope MC, and it was just fucking, that room became lit, and it was fucking dope. So, like, at that point, I was, like, Zeus and I were sitting there, like, should we promote our show for next week? I'm, like, yeah, fuck yeah. And so, I'm sitting here, like, asking the crowd, y'all know Runsky, right? From Jiving Scientist? Everyone's kind of nodding, like, yeah. We're throwing him a birthday party next week, and I just tell people, like, oh, shit, where? <laughs> it's like, Thunder Canyon, come down, it's a free show. Which, that shit's gonna be fucking dope. Tales of this event will be the reboot of House Party. <laughs> <laughs> Facts, yo, like, it was... Yo, shout out to Red, by the way. DJ Red, yes. like, that kid rocked that shit. When he picked up a mic and started performing, I was like, what the fuck, yo? I didn't even know this kid had this in him. So, like, right after Ambition set, he's keeping the crowd, like, pretty pretty hyped. You know, he's doing his job. And then, at some point, he got, like, time enough just to do two songs. So he goes, he goes, hey, everybody, I'm going to do two songs real quick. You know, gotta keep the part, like energy going. And, you know, people... Well, yeah, because, like, the away. way we had it set was, like, it was three rappers, and then it was, like, a ten-minute break in between each three. Uh, so when Red was doing his 10 minutes, like the first 10 minutes, he was just playing bangers and had the place rocking. And then the second one was when, uh, or he kept playing bangers. And then after the third one is when he picked up the mic and he just started going in. Like people were starting to head towards the door, you know, like people naturally do. Yeah, yeah. And then all of a sudden, nope. Like everyone came back. <laughs> He's, he's all up in their face. He's spitting bars. It's Yo, when he did that moonwalk, that shit popped me. Was smooth, <laughs> I was like, man. smooth, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm mad I missed it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just one of those things, man. Yeah, hell yeah. Like, Red was dope. YML was dope. You were dope. Like, fucking you, the whole show. It was just, it was so fucking fun to be a part of. So now that you've done, like, your first hip-hop festival, like, do you feel like, okay, for the next ones... 
you know you you know what you're gonna be doing you already know what you're doing but you yeah know, yeah you feel like yeah yeah like i feel like i could host a main stage and it yes. makes sense but i gotta build myself to get there and like obviously get the blessing of pike and mankind to be able to do that but you know sh- shout out to z give and daniela those oh, yeah. two were rocking the main stage and like z gives got fucking charisma for days that dude's Actually. dope well, it's yeah. like any relationship, you know, the first one you fuck up, but you learn along the way. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, unless you're dope. <laughs> That's me. Oh, I'm facts. just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> okay, teach me, sensei. Like, you know, tell me what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> well, yes. I mean, the misogyny and racism doesn't help. <laughs> it's charming in doses. I mean, sometimes, but being like, uh, bitch, make me a sandwich. That doesn't fit, yo. Like, it just... (laughs) Well, I throw in different words, like, wench, make me food. (laughs) (laughs) Or sometimes, if I really think she's special, woman, you better make me dinner right now. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. I was just telling you guys yesterday, I was like, let's talk about relationships. Yeah. That should be fun. (laughs) What about relationships do you want to talk about? Like, what are you feeling? All right, so here's the thing is I'm finally, like, kind of opening myself up more because, like, before I was that person, I was like, you know what? Even if the right person came in right now, I probably wouldn't be ready. But now I'm like, I need to stop saying that. And how long am I going to keep saying that, you know? like. My question is, what would you feel like, like, what, what do you mean by ready? Like, what do you mean, like, just ready to open up to somebody or, like, or what do you mean by that? I think because I've had a lot of bad experiences and really toxic relationships, it almost makes me feel like, man, am I even meant for relationships? But at the same time, it's like I had to mature. My standards had to mature, you know. So it's one of those things where it's like I can't stay in this mindset that, oh, I'm not going to be ready. Like, because in my head, I want to be established. I want to like, you know, kind of be where I want to be in my career with my finances. And I think that's cool. On the other hand, I have friends that are like, I want to grow with somebody. I want to yeah, figure yeah. all that shit out with somebody. And I guess I'm not really there. Like, I want to be, I want to have value to add to somebody else, which not saying I can't right now, but I feel like there's more that I can give if I were at a different level right now. Like what I, I feel that. To the table, that's not because I'm here, but that's what I bring to the table as well. Yeah, yeah. See, like, uh, for me, for a long time, I kept dating chicks and, like, a lot of them would start to go fucking crazy on me for no reason. And, like, I know that sounds like every dude's like, oh, bitches are crazy. But, like, I started to notice, like, in each relationship, I was the common denominator. So, I'm like, what am I doing that's causing this, right? Right. So, I started to actually, like, get to a point where, like, I took a year just not fucking around with anybody and just, like, growing myself. And, like, I started to, like, realize my worth. And I was like, I only want seven things. I was like, trust, communication, loyalty, good sex, don't waste my time, money, or beer, and we are solid. Because I'm like, trust, we got to trust each other. You know, if I can't trust you, you can't trust me. What are we doing here? Communication, talk to your boy. Like, if you're you're feeling some kind of way, we should be able to talk to each other. Because one thing that people are forgetting is that the operative word in boyfriend and girlfriend is friend. You should be able to be friends with the person that you're with. Like Katya is one of my best friends in the whole fucking world. And I'm like, you know, we should be able to talk to each other, communicate. You know, like I want you to tell me how your day is. You should be able to listen to me if I'm talking to you. If we're feeling some kind of way, if you're going to throw signals, I need to know what that signal means. Because if I don't know what it means, there's a 
disconnection in communication. If you're watching a baseball game and you're seeing a coach do a lot of this shit, yeah. somebody somewhere knows what the fuck that meant. <laughs> you know, so I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, that's where it's at. Good sex because who wants bad sex? Right. You know, right. don't waste my time because I hate my time being wasted. Don't waste my money because I really fucking hate my money being wasted. Right. And don't waste my beer. If you open it, you drink it. You drink the last one, you buy the next pack. Simple. <laughs> that's fair. But for a long time, girls were treating me like I was a fucking Rubik's Cube. Like, I can't figure them out. What the fuck's going on? And I started to realize, like, as you've seen most of the time, since you've been here a couple of times, like, I'm mostly a homebody. Like, I'm here, I'm either playing video games or I'm cooking, I'm cleaning. Like, I'm just, I'm comfortable being at home. Yeah. And that's me most of the time. Like, most of the time I'm outside of the house, I'm either with him out doing something, I'm hanging with Zeus, or I'm working out, or I'm going to a store or something. Like, but most of the time... Like, 90% of the time, I'm here. And that's how I've always been. Right. You know, and I'm like, that's probably what's driving a lot of girls crazy. Because, like, I am I was raised just doing the simple gentleman stuff. Open a door for your lady. Fucking, you know, ladies first on stuff. Like, just simple gentleman things that, like, girls just start getting this whole, he's fucking somebody. I know it. You know Man. what I mean? And it was funny because I told Katya when we started dating, I was like, I was like, you're going to have a thought that's going to hit you one day. And when it does, your brain's going to go way over here. And I'm like, but as soon as you're done doing what you're doing up here, come back down to earth and talk to your boy. She was like, what's that? And I'm like, you're going to be like, he can't be this good. Mm. He treats me right. He cooks. You know, he does everything right. He's fucking somebody. He's. She's like, I would never. <laughs> one day, like a week later, I'm sitting on the bed playing video games. And she comes over. She sits on the bed next to me. She goes, hey, can we talk for a second? And I was like, cool. Pause the game. I was like, what's up? She goes... I had the thought and I'm like and what did you do she's like when you were asleep I went through your phone I'm like and what did you find and she was like well you called another girl pretty and I'm like does that make you feel less pretty and she was like no and I was like did I say anything like I was trying to flirt with them or I'm trying to stick my dick in your vagina mm. she was like well no and I was like you can compliment someone without having any vitriol or any fucking intent behind that you know right. but I'm like that's who I am. Like, I like to compliment my friends and, like, fucking... I'm not gay, but I think this man's fucking gorgeous. <laughs> you know, like... I'm like a seven top. <laughs> oh, stop it. A soft eight on a... He <laughs> <laughs> said soft eight, hard 11. <laughs> hard 11. You know, it's millimeters, millimeters. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, like, as soon as we had that conversation, it was like a light bulb clicked on in her head, and she got it, and we've been together for six years. And, like, yeah. I've never had a day where we were bored together. Like, we could be pretty much anywhere. I told her, I was like, we could be in the ninth circle of hell and still find something to make fun of. Like, <laughs> <laughs> But that's it. Like, you should be able to be best friends with the person that you're with. And, like, in a relationship, a lot of people want growth. But the problem is, is like if one person's growing and the other person's staying stagnant, that's what causes problems in a relationship. You want to be able to, like, I always say, I've always hear like, oh, it's 50-50. No, it should be 100-100. Yeah. Because, like, I know that your 100 might not be my 100, and my 100 might not be yours. Like, one day you could be just feeling down here, but I should be able to be able to lift you up. Or you should be able to lift me up. And, like, we should be able to communicate with each other and actually enjoy one another. Right. And at that point, like, when I realized I got what I wanted, now, like, what was funny is, ever since I started dating her, it's weird. The only the only time I've been hit on is when I started dating her. 
What? Yeah. And, like, I got to a point now where it's like if a chick starts hitting on me, I'm like, what can you give me that my girlfriend already doesn't? Mm. Oh, what, right. pussy? <laughs> like, I can get pussy anywhere. Right. <laughs> like, Pussy's not like gas. You can get it for cheap now. Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. How relevant. I'm, I'm just like, I got what I wanted. Like, like when you put out into the universe so long, like, I want this, I want this, I want this. When it finally gives it to you, you need to be able to accept it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah. too many people say they want something, and then when they get it, it's, it's like... Um, being like the type of person that you don't want to date one of your friends because it'd make it weird, mm. but you find out later like, oh, I should have probably dated them because they actually like me. Right. You know, like right. you you should be able to fucking allow yourself to accept like when you're when you're being given love. You know what I mean? Yeah. But too many people are afraid to actually accept that and then start throwing curveballs and wrenches into their own game plan and start fucking shit up. Right. I hear you. So. But, I think like if you feel like if you feel like there's somebody that you're vibing with, just take time. Take time to grow with them. Don't force anything. Just ride it like a wave. Right. I you like know. that. Spoken like a true San Diegan. <laughs> I like For to surf. Really? Leave me alone. <laughs> I grew up in Oxnard, okay, I can't give you too much shit. Why do you think I got the bleach tips? <laughs> <laughs> I'm wearing Vans. I'm this close from St. Bra. <laughs> <laughs> and it comes out naturally. That's the fucked up part. Goes, bruh. And I'm like, hey, bruh. Bruh. <laughs> but you know what though like don't say it to your female friends though like i'll be i'll have a f- couple friends that are like super cute and they'll call me bruh and they're they're not as cute anymore even though we're just friends i felt I'm that like, i don't felt fucking that call me bruh if i call you bruh that means i have no intent on fucking you okay that makes sense so is that like the guy you know thing for friend zone like, i mean that's just me personally you can't you cannot put women under the same playbook. Men, you can get the playbook, but each one is somewhat different. Yeah, kind of. But, like, I don't treat my female friends like I treat my male friends, if that makes sense. Mm. Right. But I'm not going to sit here and call a female friend dude or bro. Yeah. You know, like, I talk to Ruski like she's one of my guys, but, like, Ru's fucking Ru. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> yeah. There are exceptions to the rule, but most of the time... Mm. You don't give them the the male aspect of friendship because it's a whole different set of friendship altogether. Right, and it's more of just like I try to talk to everybody that I, that like I respect with respect. You know, like I'm not going to come at you sideways with anything, right. unless I'm trying to be a smartass. But you'll know if I'm joking with you or right. if I'm being fucking malicious with you. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that's that's another problem with it's people are fucking afraid to communicate with each other mm. and like there's so many people afraid to hurt people's feelings and that's yeah. why you get these people that are like cheating for so long and afraid to leave their relationship they're like I don't want to hurt their feelings and I'm like yeah but if you're doing what you're doing for as long as you are you're going to hurt them even more right yeah. better to cut dry and be like baby I ain't coming home no more yeah mm. but look this ain't it I'm out yeah. <laughs> well, like, I think there's also that um, it works in the same way you remember how we talked about uh, ain't shit niggas but there's ain't shit bitches. Facts. <laughs> well, no, yeah. seriously. Like, if Facts. Somebody who, like, yeah, we, we touched on this a little bit. Grow with somebody. You want to grow with somebody? Growing with somebody actually means growing with somebody. You can't be just doing the same thing, not improving your life. And I'm not saying you have to, like, Tony, whatever his name is, and, like, improve your life like a TED Talk. But, you know, you have to take steps every day. If you're just being stagnant, it's like uh, Snoop Dogg had it like, on one of his uh, uh, Snapchats or whatever it was. Basically, he was talking about like uh, how as you rise, your friends have to go to meet you, and 
it is a lot easier for them to pull you back down for them to actually rise up with you. Yeah. At a certain point, you got to cut. Yeah, yeah. Same thing in a relationship. You know, like, if they're not... Like, you can be supportive of somebody and, and, like, you know, somewhat supportive, but if they're not actually trying to rise with you, not even trying to be on your level, just as a person, they're trying to rise, too, because somebody's 100 is different than your 100. Absolutely. It's not going to work. And then there's, you know, people get resentful, and then you become malicious, and the next thing you know, you're throwing plates at each other, and then the sex is good. Eventually, you run out of plates, and you have to actually talk to each other. Well, and also, what's a major killer, and I've always said this almost like a joke, but I actually mean it, people get a case of the PTB and the DTB too often and confuse it for love. You know what that is? No. Dick to bomb and pussy to bomb. You know, when you start getting you start getting the shit and then you start making irrational ass decisions. Right. They're like, why won't you break up with him? You don't understand. My CDs are in his truck. <laughs> you know, that type shit. <laughs> well, that's how this podcast came to be. I finally recovered from my uh, PTB experience. Facts. And, uh, you know, finally he was a bigger man. I was like, man, get the fuck back over here. Pretty much. So, so what about you? What, what, what's your thing in a relationship? You know, like, you know, what, what, what have you experienced, I guess you should say, if that's not too open? Not at all. Not at all. Ask me anything. Um, so I guess what I've experienced mainly is, for some reason, because I'm such a nurturer, and I'm not saying I'm perfect. I got my own issues that I've dealt with, which is probably why. As we all do. I've yeah. been single for like three years to make sure that I'm working on those things that, you know, didn't work out in the last ones. You know, I want to iron all that shit out. But I guess what I've experienced is being such a nurturer, um, broken people really draw to that. Oh, yeah. You know, they're really Most attracted definitely, to that. Yo. Most definitely. And that's rough because it's like I don't have the capacity right now. And I used to have the mindset that like, oh, I want to save everybody. I, I can change you. I can save you. You You're know, Captain and, save a hoe. Right. Right. And, and sh- that's not reality, you know, so. No, I mean, you can't help people who don't really want to help themselves. Right. Exactly. You know what I've noticed, too, is like people who don't have big families or aren't close to their families. Nothing's wrong with that because we can't control our family. We can't control, you know, who we were raised by, etc. But people that aren't close to their families are intimidated by people that are for some reason. They want they don't know how to handle that. They don't know how to deal with that. And for me, it's like if I were to meet someone that had a big family, I would have a fucking blast. I want to I want to add to my family. I want to extend you know more people that love me more people that i love but for some reason like not everyone has that mindset yeah but i think i think a lot of the times like when it comes to relationships i think communication is the biggest thing like you need to be able to know how to talk to your partner but also be able to like work things out like an adult too many people like to like to sit there and hold their shit in and they don't talk about it and then when a big fight happens they're bringing everything out and it just becomes yeah. a bigger fight than it needs to be and like fights don't need to be like that exactly yeah yeah come, to so come directly to the phallic shaped object <laughs> <laughs> let me hear this so i was saying it's intimidating because it's almost like get closer Ru. sorry <laughs> i want to hear this <laughs> so it's intimidating because it's like you're risking losing something that was already taken from you again okay. and it's like sometimes like when you really really want something like you have like a really strong desire for something but it's almost like 
your original family didn't want you or like whatever is going on you know it's like this is something you really want and so it's almost like a fear thing it's like intimidation because it's like oh i want a family again but what if i lose it again a second time and then it's like fuck so let me ask you though does it bring you to that point where it's like oh i'm gonna take this person away from their family as much as possible because i want them to myself like because i've seen that happen that's grimy it happens. <laughs> it happens with relationships like yeah, that. I just, oh, yeah. I just make myself completely emotionally unavailable. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Making sense. Shout out to Rue. She's our, she's our unofficial, oh, yeah. official life coach of the Heel Face Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but hopefully that makes sense and like I wanted to ask you guys too because yeah. like we always hear about women having their standards oh I want a man like this or I'm not gonna date him if, or a lot of women tend to like want rich men like that's disgusting well it's the problem with that is they f- like a lot of the women that want a rich guy is that they they think they're gonna be happy being just financially stable and that's it but what they're t- what they're not taking away from it is, are you going to be happy in every other aspect of your life? Because I found out like a lot of the chicks that are just materialistic aren't worth my time. Right. Just because it's like, if that's all you want, like, what do you want out of me? Like as a person, like what, like there's too many people that think, how can you bring value to my life as opposed to how can we build value together? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And like, I don't know. Like, for, to answer your question, like, I can't speak for every man, but, like, for me, for the longest time, I wanted those seven things, but at the end of the day, I really just wanted a tag team partner, pretty much. Like, be my confidant. Like, I should be able to talk to you if I'm, if I'm having a rough day. Like, if I'm having a bad time. If there's something that I know I don't want to blow up on you, I'm going to kind of be in my own space for a bit. Like, when I was working at my old job, there was a day I had just, I was so pissed off when I left work that I didn't want to talk to her because I knew I was going to end up ranting about the job, but I know she would have taken it as I was angry at her and I didn't want to do that. So I got in my car and I just drove and I screamed my head off for like a good five minutes, like just pissed. (laughs) And like, eventually I just rolled my windows down, blasted some music and just cruised. And like the night was nice. It kind of chilled me out, cooled me out. And then she, I didn't, talk to her when I left the house I just grabbed my keys in my wallet and I was like I'm gone and so after I was I just kind of drove in a giant fucking square around around like the east side Mm -hmm. and by the time I was getting up Wilmont to to come back home fucking she finally texted me and was like hey are you okay like is everything good and I was like I was just upset I wanted to drive around cool off before I got home because I didn't want to bring that energy to her yeah and like she got it she understood most of the times, if I was with any other female and I just took off like that, they'd be like, where the fuck did he go? And then all of a sudden, I'm getting shit when I get back home. Yeah. And one of the things that I wanted, I was like, if I'm having a bad day elsewhere, I should be able to have peace at home. Right. You know what I mean? Like, we should be able to be comfortable just being around each other and not... Like, too many people crave chaos in their shit. Mm, and then yeah. it's not until they get older when it's too late when they finally realize, I could just be chill with somebody. Right. You know? Exactly. So kind of bouncing off of that, too, um, like for me, I have standards. I have. <laughs> What's up? Want to sit down? Yeah, come through. Come through. Rue. Move that back that way a little bit. So, 
yeah just for me like i have certain standards something that i want in a person they're like my non-negotiables right but right. i'm i make I mean, sure we all have those i make line. sure though but here's the difference is i want to make sure that i meet those non-negotiables and those characteristics are in me before i sit there and i'm like no this person must have them you know what i mean yeah so, yeah 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 you know I've been single for like three years is because like I'm trying to build and make sure I'm that person that I want to be with, you know, but a lot of people don't take the time to do that work. They don't want to be alone or they don't want to be lonely. Like I've already gotten comfortable with all that. And again, that's, that's when you get to the, the mindset of trying to force a relationship and you can't force something that's not there, right. you know, because it's like, it's like the whole idea of staying together for the kids. It's like holding in a fart when you have to shit not going to end well yeah. <laughs> what it's messier in the end facts yeah. blasted. <laughs> but yeah i mean there's two reasons like i said i've learned that there's mainly two reasons that people unintentionally invite chaos into their life and one of those reasons is i mean when all is said and done like that's the only sense of love that some people have ever known. And the second reason is because it's the only circumstance under which they've ever thrived. Because they've never been given a healthy circumstance to overcome. So when you thrive under pressure, naturally you're going to invite pressure and things like chaos into your life. Yeah. So that way you can feel this element of being successful and overcoming adversity. You mm. unintentionally invite it into your life, which sucks. But when you can recognize that, you can take the proper steps forward to say, okay, what conditions can I set for myself or boundaries or healthy coping mechanisms in which I can take a circumstance and not invite chaos, but just enjoy it and still overcome adversity. You know, like you don't have to set yourself up for failure, but at the same time, it's also like, when has that not ever been the case? So some people just don't know how to do it. Nobody's ever taught them. They've never seen it done somewhere through healthy individuals. They, they just don't know the mm. steps to take. So it's like, I'd rather be overcoming something than nothing. Right. Set that bar for yourself. Wow. I felt that. I feel that, and I think a point to raise to that is that, like, you have to find what your definition of healthy is. And, yeah, there are standards of healthy, but, like, you also have to find what your definition of healthy is for you and what you need in a partner or what you're looking for in a partner so that way it doesn't become a detriment. Like, I find out that, like, yeah, maybe I need somebody who actually has someone going on in their lives because as I do my own stuff, I have my own hobbies that I know people aren't a fan of. And as much as you want to be there for your partner and their weird, eccentric hobbies, you can be like, yeah, fuck you. I don't want to learn how to be a blacksmith from the 19, like, I'm sorry, 1700s, you know, <laughs> this weekend. But when you have somebody who has their own life and you can bond over the things you get to do at home or together, it's different because when everything that you do together is just you together, it becomes like this nagging effect. I'm like, again, it depends on if you're the right person, but basically if your lives are 24-7 together, there's no joy in you actually coming to see that person that day. You can love them with all the attention in the world, but eventually be like, God damn it, do you have something you could do? Facts. I feel like that can also really fuck things up sometimes because instead of like that thought, getting to the point where you have to say, God damn it, is there something you can do? Shouldn't be something that's within your realm because healthy communication would be like, hey, I'm really needing some alone time. If you can get to a point with your partner where you're like, 
go the fuck away, that means that you haven't properly communicated your needs. Right. I'm speaking mm. as like an asshole right now. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but you do have that. You have those thoughts in your head. Like, you know, and that also means like maybe I should learn how to communicate or maybe we should take a step back and actually see if this is a healthy thing. I'm not saying, you know, I speak my mind all the time, but I'm not that dense. You know, I'm not going to uh, uh, go to the girl at work and be like, yo, I think you're cool and all, but I don't want to fuck you. Could you not talk to me? You know, I'm not going to do that. I'm just going to be like, yeah, cool. Can you just sign this paper real quick? <laughs> I, I, Sign here, I, initial here. Yeah, yeah. No, don't ask me about my day. <laughs> but I'm being facetious, of course. Yeah. My mom told me when I was younger, and okay. So something she had told me when I was younger was the first thought is what society's conditioned you to think. The second thought is your true character. Mm. Okay. So if your first thought is like, bro, fuck you. But your second thought is like, fuck you. Well, you're kind of just an asshole. But if your second thought's like, maybe I should have a little more compassion, that's your character showing. I'll grant you there's circumstances where I'm at work where I have like some really interesting coworkers. But at the same time, I try not to think poorly of them or as annoying or because like at the end of the day, somebody loves that person, dude. And maybe they're not as annoying as you perceive them to be. Maybe you're just being annoyed. Sometimes people aren't even annoying. We're mm. just annoyed. Yeah. And it's, like, it's super that. weird to, like, address that, but, like, it's also, like, an attitude check that I've had to give myself recently quite a bit because I've had to be, like, damn, I'm thinking poorly of people I don't even know. I mean, transference is a thing, and I also like to believe in the universe, so sometimes you just don't like people. And I believe that's a natural thing to have. Like, you know, there's that self-defense mechanism of that. There's some reason I don't like you. Yeah, we can be friends with everybody, but it doesn't mean we have to be. Again, mm. I'm not trying to give anybody advice. Do not yeah. take this in your manifest. But see, to that extent, though, a lot of people end up having that thought usually at the wrong times. It's like, I was actually having a conversation with Kati about this. I was like, I don't think you understand, like, when I say this, the men listening to this podcast will understand where I'm coming from, but it might come across as, like, fucking foreign to the both of you. Yeah. There's times where we could be in the middle of fucking somebody and completely lose interest in them. Yeah. Yeah. That's a thing. It's okay. a thing. And it could be just, it could be the sex itself, or it could be something that happened before that really just finally clicked, mm. and you were just like, yeah, I really don't like this bitch. I don't, I don't know if Damn. I want to do this. Like, and that, and the problem is a lot of dudes don't know how to compartmentalize to communicate anything, and they yeah. just kind of go ghost. And I know, I'm sure you both can speak to this. I'm sure at some point in time you had sex with the dude that never heard from him again. Mm, yeah. It could have been that. Or maybe he's just an asshole and was just trying to hit it and quit it. But there's a lot of the times where it's, you may think he was just hitting it and quitting it. There could have been something in here that he didn't communicate to you. And so you're left just going, oh, that guy's a fucking asshole. When really, he probably just like had a thought in the middle of something and it just shut him off. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And then you're permanently attached to that memory and thought. Just be like, it wasn't, she wasn't like, I don't want to say it's good enough because that's a lie. You know, that's like, you know, maybe this wasn't right or maybe like the feelings weren't there where I couldn't keep like my full attention. And as much as I make the man, I'm going to go out for milk and get some cigarettes and be right back and never show up joke. Uh, you know, for guys, a lot of the big thing, easiest thing to do is just drop the situation entirely. You know, if it's causing us problems, we cut it out of our life. Pretty much. It's like the. Of all people, I'm just like, look, I'm just trying to hit it and quit it. 
your Uber is outside. Get the fuck out of my house, <laughs> out of my bed. Make sure you don't leave nothing because I don't want you to come back. Like, it starts from a place of just being... Like, bro, honest, I'm, yes. yeah, just being fucking honest. Like, sometimes I just want to fucking smash. But do you think I'm going to tell somebody, hey, I can see a future with you? Absolutely the fuck not. First thing I tell people is I'm emotionally unavailable right now. Just to start that off, because I respect you and I respect myself, I'm going to let you know that ahead of time. If you want to move forward and you want to be friends with benefits, dope. If it turns into something more, dope. But for the time being, I'm not here for that. So like, I think communication is key, yo. Yeah, communication like, is key. If you just want to smash, say you just want to smash, but you know why they don't? Because then they realize that they might not get to fucking smash, and that's mm. so selfish and greedy and manipulative, low key. Even though it might not be intentional, it's like the, one of the most fucked up things to me. It's like because I might not give you what you want because it requires me to give it to you, you don't tell me the truth. Well, that's fucked up. That becomes as a man who's mature and realize he can tell women, I'm just looking to fuck. And 90% of the time, if you're just looking to fuck, the women who are also just looking to fuck say, okay, I can work with this. Yes, you know, it's the ones who are like on the fence and you know you're just looking to smash. And they're like, I don't mean to say it like this, like some fucked up, but like, you know, someone's more looking for a relationship, you know, and like, but they're just open right now because they want to be able to maybe even start something and just taking that to their advantage, which is why I'm pretty upfront with my desires. Like, as much yeah. as HR hates that, you know, <laughs> I am pretty upfront with what I'm about. So, so question for you guys then, because for me personally, I can't smash unless you've mentally stimulated me. So just to ha have someone that that's part. like, oh, I just want to smash. Like, I've never done that before. Like, I don't want to smash unless, you know, you're attractive in your mind and your thoughts you know and in, in your lifestyle like just because you're attractive you know like i just don't be smashing people that i don't see me building something right. with anything yeah same, man like every now and again i get that wild hair and i'm like damn mm. i'm kind of horny and it just happens <laughs> but it, that's very very rare like first mm. of all if you're not smart i'm not fucking you mm. like right there yeah. and that that might sound rude or callous but like no. i can't fuck no dumb bitch i can't mm. You know what's funny is yeah. for a long time when I was single, yeah. I kind of had that same thought, but it was like, like if I was talking to a female and within the first five to 10 minutes, my brain goes, wow, this bitch is dumb. I'm out. <laughs> like, <laughs> Dude, we, you get that in a few opening sentences. So what are you about? And then all of a sudden it's like, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. no. <laughs> Me personally, like when I was single, I, like I wanted my seven things, but I also want you to grow. Like, I want you to be able to, like, I want you to better yourself. Because if I'm if I'm the only one doing the work here, I know that I'm going to be the one that's going to be fucking miserable. Because I'm the only one putting in effort. And, like, you know, if you don't want to grow together, what are we doing here? Right. You know? But, like, I always tell Manny, I'm like, this is why I'm glad I'm not single now. Because, like, I found the one I wanted. And, like, I'm, I'm sticking with that. Because, yeah. like, if I was single now... Bitches be bonkers, yo. <laughs> like, <laughs> I really relate to that. Something that somebody said to me the other day, it was just like kind of weird. Like, and I'm still kind of dissecting it, but it was like, it's okay to heal in your relationship. And I was like, I heard it or who said it, but I was like, that fucking mean man, like. And, and somebody told me they're like the per or I mean it's not somebody but like I was thinking there I was talking with one of my best friends about it and I was like you know what that makes so much sense because you can't expect to be a final product because none of us are final products until we die 
you know, yeah. that's when we're a final product and everything. And so it was really eye-opening for me to even like assess that thought and think about it because I realized, yeah, it is completely okay to heal in, really, in relationships. But then I thought about it even more and I was like, as long as that longing for growth is mutual. Because if it's not, you're going to be moving forward and somebody's going to be Dragging holding you back. you back. Yeah, and it's it's like if yeah. you don't want to move forward. To me, it's like if you aren't walking with me, you're walking ahead of me or behind me. And I want somebody to walk with me in this life, you know. Yeah. And if you're not about that, that's fine. I'll keep walking, but I'm going to walk at my own pace. You're not going to make me go slower or faster. And I'm not going to make you go any slower or faster. I don't want to hold someone back, but I also don't want to be so ahead of someone that I can't move forward. Mm. you know and it, it's it's fucked up but like yeah i want to heal with somebody like i still have shit that i'll probably never be over i mean shit like when you watch your mom die that's not something that just goes away in fucking 10 days 10 years shit my whole life it's gonna be there right but at the same time it's like if somebody can understand and really try to put themselves in my shoes i can guarantee you like whoever it is that decides that they want to do that with me like they're gonna understand. I'm not gonna have to communicate when I have my hard days. When my mom's birthday rolls around, or Mother's Day, or you know my dad's birthday even, because I don't talk to him, they're gonna go out of their way to make sure I feel comforted on those days, the same way that they know that I would do that same thing for them. Because they're gonna see me for me, not see me and just be like, oh damn, that's hard. Like, yeah, no shit, it's hard, but like, you're supposed to be my support system, my main one. So it's like, it's gonna be a mutual giving. Well, yes, right. I mean, like, to go back to your ambition's original question about like, how it's hard to like you know most women you don't want to smash with just a rando you, you want somebody you actually feel you have a connection with and then also for men at least for me i had to realize that for me smashing is just masturbation of extra steps you know i just didn't want to feel i was doing something alone and well, yeah. i mean like well to think about it it's like yeah i don't know you guys probably don't but like i've had the drive of shame many of time where i'm sitting in my car on my way home and i'm just like that really all I wanted to do? Like, really? Mm. Like, I could have done the same thing at home and made myself some nachos, like, you know, right <laughs> Dude, I thought that. <laughs> and that, that's, that's the point. That's the, and ate them naked, bro. Like, that's the point that I had to get to, too, because, like, I tell you what, my body count is definitely over three digits, and I'm unashamed of it because I had my fucking fun years. Like, I enjoyed myself, didn't catch any STDs, was always safe. You know, like, shit like that. I had my fun, but, like, at this point, no, like, it's probably not okay but at the same time like, <laughs> meanwhile back at the ranch uh, but at the same time it's like i don't feel ashamed of that like i don't because i know what i want now and i want a family and i want to open an orphanage with my lover and be able to take care of multiple kids if i ever even have my own as well you know like i want to grow some i want to build an empire with somebody i don't want to settle for a fucking hut Fucking and if I'm a hut value, then I'm going to live in a fucking hut. But I'm building myself so I'm not of hut value anymore. I'm of throne, of empire, of kingdom. And, and I want to share that with somebody. You know, like I want to give that to somebody else and make sure that they feel safe and heard. Well, yeah, you, you don't want to be like a one-sided person for somebody. Right. You want to be their everything, but not their only thing. That's such a good way to put that. Okay, and that... that that's why like i had to take it to a point where it's like i need to date somebody who has like something going on in their life and I, again <laughs> that doesn't mean like oh they have to have their own hobbies like no they have to have some kind of drive in their life like if the only thing they want to really do all day is talk about the things they want to do but all they do all day is just smoke weed and go to bed you know we've I've, we've all dated or hooked up with somebody like that mm -hmm. and like again there's nothing wrong with people who are active and you know stone out like on their weekends but like 
If it's like a fucking 24-7 wake and bake. It's having ambition with no ambition. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's called stagnance. Yeah. Right. But then, like, you're sitting there, and you, then you start feeling guilty about you wanting to improve yourself and things of that nature. And the next thing you know, you're, you're leaving the apartment. This is, like, the seventh time she's thrown a plate at your face, you know? <laughs> and, and I'm joking, of course, but, you know, there has to be that balance of, like, okay, maybe we have things going on in our lives, and it's okay. Like, sometimes you need somebody to lead you up and at the same time be knowing when to, like, slow down. Like an exercise partner. You got to be able to push somebody, but at the same time you got to know when, like, you can't outdo them or else they're going to hate it for the rest of their life. Know your limit. Yeah, know your limit. Know what you're about and know what you're not going to stand for. And, again, this all stems from just communication. Like, with, like, what you were saying, like, how... If you're not just wanting to smash somebody, like communicate that. Yeah. Um, like Bruce Rue was saying, like she communicates to them, like, look, I'm not looking for feelings, I'm just trying to fuck. Like, I, I think if people weren't afraid to actually talk to the other person more, you could build more of a connection. Whether or not that connection's gonna go somewhere is up in the air. But to be able to just just talk with somebody about like what's wanted and everything, at that point, everything's on the table. You yeah. knew this when you signed up for the contract, you know, like. Right. Yeah, kind of bouncing off Manny, though, like, you're exactly right. I, I want someone that, like, has some. This is how I was putting it, like, someone that has something to live for. So I've dated, like, five or six women who had children, and that motivated me because I was like, oh, they're living for their kids. They have a motivation. Right. I don't have to worry about that. And a, a reason to like be responsible, but I don't think that's the right mindset to have. But just for some reason, anytime I was dating someone that had a kid, I, it felt a little bit more secure, even though it wasn't. More than likely. Oh no, I, I get that completely. I mean, like another thing I heard, and that's what's kind of like set me on this journey of like self repair slash, like okay, I could probably do this for real now. Is that, um, and again, I'm I'm phrasing it badly, but one of the greatest lies ever told is the word soulmate, because mm. people have this idea that a soulmate is like that one person that's meant for you, that like like a magnet north and south, like you're gonna find them and connect. And the person who said it's like that's the biggest lie. What it is is that mm. you know you make your own soulmate. And you find somebody, you talk to them, there's a spark, you work from there, and every day, bit by bit, you build on that. And by the end of it, you've either found out that you can't actually do this, or you have something great, but you won't waste your time. I agree with that, but I semi-disagree with that, because I kind of knew when I met Katya that that was the one. Okay. But so then she had- was like, I don't date black guys, and I kind of held that L for a year. No, no, no. You were just sitting there working out, like, with that, like, statement, like, tat, like on the wall, like, I don't date black guys. Like, I'll show you. <laughs> but no, I mean, like, yes. Okay, Except you're I find broke that person who is for you. But, like, if you don't have the goals and the tools to help, you know, like, understand, uh, recognize, and then grow with said person, it's for not. That's why I meant Delta in that sense that you build your own soulmate. Because, like, there's that perfect template for you. Like, yeah, yeah. You know. You have that, uh, that template. But let's, let's, like, think of it like this way. You know, you have a pizza. And it's a perfect base layer or whatever. And then you can add to that. Now, if you fuck it up, you know, that's on you. But, you know, you have if you have the tools to recognize what to do, how to do, work through it, talk, communicate with your pizza, maybe you don't want to be an anchovy pizza. <laughs> I, I know maybe you just want pepperonis. <laughs> yeah. What? He's definitely talking about pegging. <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. That is a no-no zone. That's, that's, like, that's, that's a no-no like zone in my no-no square. 
Jesus, so I have a question for you guys. Let's okay. go. So I've dealt with because now I'm I'm being more open minded to dating men. Now I'm a little bit more confident with my like feminine side and everything like that. Because before I was just dating women, but now I'm like, hmm, I wonder if there's like a good man out there. Don't like, do it. don't do it. <laughs> well, it's my a question trap. is, it's a trap. <laughs> it's a you're trap. looking at him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's a lie. We know this. <laughs> you're not calling me a good man, Manny. You're a great man. Don't sell yourself. Yourself, all right? This guy. This is marketplace. But go on. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is because I feel like I've experienced where men like me, they're attracted to me, but they're intimidated by me. I kind of like I I'm I can gladly say I have my shit together for the most part. Got my own spot. Uh, I live by myself. I got my own whip. I got a good job. I have a hobby that I, that drives me and keeps me alive. I'm really great with my family. I, family I woman. So you know without saying too much it's like i feel like i've come across men that are intimidated by that so what do you got for this what if you're watching a game and there's a team and you notice that one guy that feels he doesn't belong there because he's not of the same caliber as his teammates Mm. that's what happens Mm. okay so like you're watching they end up back in the minors (laughs) he doesn't even feel he's earned his spot like with the team and then like you know some guy comes up to like, hey, you, you know, like, like oh, pitcher and catcher. There you go. You know, it's like he hasn't felt with the right to be here. And that's not mm. a sexual joke. I'm just talking about baseball. Um, <laughs> so he hasn't feel like he has the right to be there. So now he has to like overdo everything he does to feel to match that person's like talent mm. you know, and things of that nature. And that's where it's intimidating because you have to rise because nobody wants to be the other guy has no shit on the table. Like nobody wants to be mm. that person. Okay. And that's also a mental break that we have to break that we're good enough. Okay. To me, it's like the only reason, the only space that's available for intimidation is one that is completely backed by insecurity. You can't be intimidated if you're not insecure. Right, which is, Mm. again, leading to the whole baseball analogy. Your reason you're on this team, you're good enough. But because of your own insecurities, you're giving yourself the yips. I, th- I think it's definitely that it's it's a moment of insecurity because like like I've been there where I remember when I was like a few years younger I, I was like early 20s I remember meeting this chick had her shit together she had a house had her own car she didn't have a cell phone she only had a home phone so I couldn't text her like I'd, I'd actually I'd have to either go see her or call her when she's home okay and I was too young at the time to, and like my game wasn't stepped up. I was dating girls and this was a woman. And my brain at the time, I don't know if it was just insecurity with myself or if it was that where I felt like I had to overdo a lot, which, which is again, insecurity in itself. Yeah, in essence. Yeah. And at the end of the day, like I ended up ghosting her and I felt bad about it. And like I know she's probably still got a lot of vitriol on me because I just kind of went gone mm. again because when a man gets you know too much on his plate i couldn't come compartmentalize what wow. i was feeling but i think at the time it was like that whole when you have constant chaos and then all of a sudden you have nothing but comfort mm. i didn't know how to process that i see do you know what i mean because yeah. like i was always in a relationship with somebody that wanted to be combative with me in some way shape or form whether that be physically or emotionally and it was just like I dated a lot of people that craved chaos that would try to bring me to that level where it was, it was a constant, like I knew I was going to be dealing with some bullshit 
when I got back to them and I didn't want to be there. So then when I finally got to somebody that I was just like, everything was chill. She was a fantastic cook, fantastic host. Her bed, bed was comfortable. Like (laughs) everything, like there wasn't a bad thing I could point out and everything. And I think that just scared me. And I think that's what a lot of guys go through. Like, especially with you being a fucking aspiring artist and your, and your stock is growing as you saw yesterday. Like, a lot of dudes might be intimidated by that, especially if they don't have anything of that sort going on in their lives. Right. But I think what they need to do is realize, like, I don't need to be on that level. Like, I just need to be on a level that you're okay with. Yeah. You know? So, like, I think that's where communication is key there. Where if you establish, like, this is what I expect from you and this is what you're going to get from me. I think, honestly, if some dudes can connect on that, I think that's where it's at for you. Do you know what I mean? Because, like, the dudes that are going to be intimidated and shit, it's just like he said. They're just insecure. They're like, oh, are you dating a big star? It's it's almost like dating a porn star. Like, you know what their job was when you signed up, so what are you upset about? Yeah. You know, so... Yeah, she comes home after, like, you know... Uh, BBC like uh, uh, Domination Three. And, like, <laughs> you're like, oh, she loves you. Like she actually wants to come home to you. Facts. And that's the thing that a lot of guys can't get is the why. Facts. Mm. Sorry, okay. turned around. Is the why? Yeah, <laughs> there was this guy that I was seeing, not like seeing. I don't know. I was like, oh, this guy seems nice. Maybe I'll give him a chance. I was like, maybe I'm, maybe I won't be emotionally unavailable for once. So I was seeing him like maybe a week and a half, and he was also a performer. And I'd went to one of his shows, and I was also performing. Or no, it was me who was performing. It wasn't him. So he had came to one of my shows, and <laughs> he had said something later that night. And it was, he was like, I just felt like you didn't spend enough time with me. And immediately I was like, I'm never going to fucking see this guy again. Mm. Because it's like, this is my job. Like, when I'm at my job, you know what I'm doing? Not spending fucking time with you. I'm at my job. (laughs) Like, as much as I want to, like, go run to somebody, like, I... I have to network. I have to go and shake hands and kiss babies, you know? Like, I have to go and be an artist. And it's like, I don't have all the time in the world to just be like, hey, are you okay? Like, that's for when I go home and, like, we're chilling. And so immediately I was like, nope, not, I don't see this going any further than what it just was. Because for you to even expect that of me when you, like, you're also an artist, Mm. like, you should know how this fucking story goes, bro. Like, why are you bitching and moaning? (laughs) Like, no and so i think that that's another thing is like kind of to touch base on what everyone's been saying too it's it's like trying to be you don't have to be on somebody else's level like you can be on your level and still have more to offer somebody than being on their level you don't have to be on somebody else's level to still like to offer them something like artists offer people you know paintings and singers offer people music and mechanics offer people freaking fixing up a car like we can be different people and offer different things to each other that everybody needs right and i think that's where people like get the thing about levels confused i mean like if you're trying to meet somebody match to match it's like that's not gonna happen because you're one of you unless you're just completely basic then there's a billion of you however uh just somebody who's going in the same wanting to something of the same direction and maybe that's not how their goal is getting to where you're going 
like you guys both want to go to the same state you both want to go to california and the way you're going is by motorcycle so you're going to take the scenic route somebody else is going to go on like the fucking like lax a plane from tia and like be there in two hours mm. you know that's the same but you both have the different goals and if you can actually recognize that you know or if you're okay with that then that's fine it's when people don't actually realize what it takes to be okay with that like I, when I, even when I dated people like I, I most of the girls I was dating were girls that like you would have to constantly talk to them not because they would lose interest but like they would feel if you're not actually spending a majority of their time with you via phone or however you're not into them it's like no that's a lot of work like i I, yeah. I spend eight hours of my day in a place i can't even touch my phone like legally it's locked up in a special little box and like i get like under surveillance if i touch it however yeah. uh you know I was, i've been seeing well not seeing but like kind of seeing this person jesus do you know how to pour a beer He's a spitter, not a quitter. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, a little head's okay. It's a, it's a Sunday. <laughs> Some people would, like, not complain. I get what you're saying. I think it's also just, like... It's kind of just, like, a boundary thing, man. Like, I would never date somebody who wouldn't want to travel the same way I would want to travel. Like, metaphorically oh, y- speaking. Yeah, okay, Like, you know what I mean? Like... If somebody, like, I don't have to want to be okay with somebody wanting to go a different way. And I think that that's, that's important fair. to, like, communicate, too, to somebody. Like, I'm not needy. I don't need you to talk to me all day. But I do have a lot of, like, issues still, you know? And it doesn't mean what? that I'm a bad person. But, like, when you, I'm the kind of person that's, like, when you say you're going to be home at 8, if you're not home by 8.05, I'm getting worried. And I will, like, not act crazy, but, like... I genuinely get worried. It might appear as crazy like, oh, she doesn't know where I'm at, so she's blowing up my phone. No, I'm genuinely worried. I have lost people and, like, gone through shit like that that it... I'm sorry, what? I kind of had the same thing. We talked about this, like, on the whole... Yeah, on the whole, like, how to cheat episode that we did. And I was saying, like, like, that night that I got pissed off and I drove out... I was like, I was gone for maybe 20 minutes before she started to get worried. And I was like, so if I'm a guy trying to cheat, like, I could be out of the house. And if I don't say anything to her, like, she's already going to be, like, first worry. And then if I'm not answering for a while, she's going to get really worried. And it wouldn't be until, like, something super sketch would happen that her brain starts to go to that place of, like, this motherfucker's out doing something. I'm not thinking somebody's cheating. I'm literally just concerned if you're alive. Right. And so, like, that can translate to looking like a crazy bitch, like, who's, like, blowing your shit up. It's as simple as, like, if you know you're going to be home in 30 minutes because you stayed out a little too late with your friends, cool. I hope you had a great fucking time, but let me fucking know, bro. Right. I'm not saying that they're crazy for blowing up my phone. It's because they don't have a lot going on in their own lives Mm. that I became... the only thing in their life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To that. Yeah. And like, we all know that situation. You're trying to just enjoy yourself and you're like, you know. I dated a chick in high school that was like every, that. Like when the girl has that, like the, in the movies, like, it's like, tell me I'm pretty. And you're like, okay, you're pretty. And then it's like, tell me I'm pretty again. That's the type of shit I was getting. Mm. That like, Or like, tell me about your day, but it wasn't tell me about your day. Um, that's actually a bad way to phrase it. It's more like, what, what are you doing right now? I am working on stuff. Not like being vague about it, but I'm just saying I'm working on stuff. Okay, cool. What are you doing now? 
The situation <laughs> hasn't changed. I'm still working <laughs> on stuff. And I'm not trying to, like, shoot anyone down. It's okay to talk to people, and it's okay to be that way. But it's also something I had to learn, like, what I needed in my life. It's like somebody, I'm not their whole thing, but I they're, they're my whole thing, in a sense. Get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not trying to sound like an asshole, which is, this, this whole episode makes me sound more of an asshole than I really am. But, <laughs> I'm, and I am an asshole, so that says a lot. But, I mean, like, at different strokes for different folks. I, I guess that comes down to it. Like, uh, it, it's, it's hard to explain because we're not each other's, like, we're not able to view from one another how they think. You know, I, there's sometimes, I think, by the way I position my cup, am I angering somebody? Like, that's sometimes how I get into stuff, and I have to dial back. And there's some days where it's just, like, I don't give a shit. Mm. So it's like we all have those moments. Like if I, if I, like right now, I keep positioning my mug because like I keep feeling like I'm pushing it towards you, and I'm not trying to show you that my mug is empty. Get me a beer. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's the point. <laughs> <laughs> so I feel like con- like you know self-conscious about everything that I do. And there's some days where I'm just like, fuck it, I'm going out naked. TPD, just watch out, you know. <laughs> Dude, I feel that. I feel like. It really does just come... It keeps boiling back to fucking communication, man. Because, like, I'm the kind of person where it's, like, as much as I... Like, I couldn't handle a clingy person like that either. I don't check my phone. I'm definitely a call-me-or-show-up kind of person. Because, like, I'm a horrible texter. I will text you back nine months from now and be like, Hey, how are you? You know, like, nothing fucking happened. And that's probably a toxic trait of mine. But also, like... I'm very much an in-person kind of person. Like, I send a text and I'm like, hey, what are you doing? And they're like, hey, I'm doing this. And then I don't respond. And then if they're like, nothing, I'm like, come chill. You know, like, let's hang out. Like, let's get to know each other more. But also, like, at the same time, like, if I'm busy or you're busy, like, don't expect me to keep engaging. Not in a rude way, but, like, I'm genuinely busy. Well, <laughs> like, the point I was going to make after this is because the girl I'm kind of seeing right now, um, she's going through nursing school. So she's, and this is her last year. So it's just like, just studying and test, study, test, find some time to go to work, maybe eat Sorry. something and test. So like, I wasn't used to that. So I became the needy bitch with respect, yeah. you know, cause I wasn't used to that. And it took a little coaching from Papa Stu to actually get me back to where I was used to that. Cause I was like, I'm not used to this whole, like, it takes three days to sometimes respond. Now, this is, like, the best thing going on in my life because we're both busy people. Yeah, I, that's what I tell people all the time, man. I'm like, it, it will take me at least three to seven business days to respond to you. But, like, when you're able to actually be comfortable with somebody and the fact that that's how they communicate to you, that's a big step in itself. Because you're not needing one person to come at you all the time and being like all up in your face or like, like blowing up your phone. If you're like, you can be comfortable, be like, yeah, I know they're busy. Like, and because like the way I would explain it is like, let's say, like I go into work at six, right? Six in the morning. I'm hungover still. I come in. I don't want to talk to anybody. The last thing I want to see when I go to my phone is like eight bajillion messages from you, unless it was an emergency. And I'm not trying to sound like a dick, okay? There might be something you want to talk about. Yeah, That's unless fine. it's an emergency or memes. Like, if you're sending me memes, I'm happy. Yeah, but same. like, <laughs> like if it's just like, hi, good morning, how's your day? Oh, okay, cool. That's actually been great. Thanks. You know, like that perked me up, and like maybe a little bit in between about what they were gonna do today, blah blah blah. But like, if it's just like, what are you up to? You still at work? I mean, like, and then you, like, say something like, yeah, you know, I'm at work. Well, like, in the back of your head, you're like, yes, it's Monday. You know I'm at work. My weekends are my only time off. But what you said is, yeah, I'm still at work. Work sucks. Frowny face. And then it's just, like, a blow up about 
everything going on in their life and you're like okay all right cool and then like come home what do you want to talk about actually nothing you kind of explained everything to me today on the phone mm. i'm still reading what's going on give me a second right i mean i'm joking of course this is all like you know malicious and misogynist and not racist yet but we can get there where's Stu? <laughs> Hold on. right where's he at <laughs> yeah i'm more of an actions person anyway like if i don't see you for like a week and like i pop up like next time i see you and i give you some flowers or whatever like next time i come chill at your house like make me dinner or something like to me it's like a gift war like mm. i like providing for and it's more than just like gifts like tangible things but what i mean by like gifts is like you know I was really busy this week and so you took a load of my laundry and you went and did it for me really quick. You know, like like acts of service but mutual. And like I'm also very much so a physical touch kind of person. Well, so it goes on to that, like if we're gonna go to there. You ever heard of the the book called The Love Language of Love? Mm-hmm. Uh, like yeah. the three love languages. It's there's five. gifts, there's actions, and there's like the empathy part of it. There's quality or quantity time, words of affirmation. Gift giving, yeah. gift receiving, and physical touch. Right. And so that all has to play into it. So, like, you got to find out, like, what their language is and how to speak it, which, right. again, all boils down to communication. And so- I think that's why I have trouble dating, because I'm very much so an all-encompassing lover. Like, I like to spend time with you, not all the time, but time, very physically affectionate, give gifts, like, and then I'll also build you the fuck up with words. So I need all of that back which might make me seem needy but at the same time like if i'm gonna give it to you i don't really think it's that right you expect the same energy you put out yeah Mm -hmm. and like i had to be okay with sometimes those days aren't gonna happen that's why i'm single i mean like life's hard it's always gonna be hard there's some days where like you don't even want to see somebody you could madly love this person and like just because you're just another person there you just get the fuck out of my face and there's some days where you have to realize it's like you know what i have been the greedy one for a little bit maybe i should do something and not just like buy him something just to say hey i thought of you i mean like yes you can but like in the same way affirm that you're still there for them and i'm sorry i've had like a shitty kind of couple of weeks couple months couple years depending on like if they were married in the 50s is probably all their years but like you know <laughs> it's it, it is like recognizing at your own faults too and communicating ambition you want to throw anything on this oh and there's Sick the fire beat. alarm <laughs> fire it, it, it was about to tell us i know about to spit fire <laughs> it's a damn ambition's gonna go like, off you know, <laughs> <laughs> that's a warning fire alarm warning <laughs> fire warning man i love it, it wakes you up you know so um, I guess I'd, I'd just bouncing off of you guys, like, I guess I've really taken this time to, like, figure out, okay, what is my love language? I recently just found out, oh my god, I'm someone that just needs a lot of reassurance. I'm confident, but I'm barely realizing after all these years, oh, like, words of affirmation is my jam. I didn't think it was, and all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit, I need to be reassured. Katya kind of had the same thing Mm -hmm. like uh, that's something she communicated to me like really early in our relationship that she was like I need for you to like give me like reaffirmation and everything because she gets into her own head with some stuff sometimes Mm -hmm. and like I totally get that I get into my own head with shit sometimes so I'm like just having someone there to reaffirm shit like I totally get that absolutely so i'm still learning i'm fucking about to be 26 years old and i'm like oh shit i'm i'm i still have things i'm adding on to what i need from somebody yeah but like 
don't listen to the single guy who gives bad advice. <laughs> but like, you can learn with somebody mm. as long as you recognize that sometimes it's like you need to pull back and let them know that you're not ready. There's no shame in that. I think there's yeah. more. There is more uh, honor in saying, "Listen, I don't want to hurt you." Um, not because I'm not interested or anything like that. It's, I got enough shit in my own life that is going to drag us down, and I don't even know how to work on myself yet. And while I yeah. appreciate you, I don't want to drag you down. Now, there's a difference between like doing that in a dickish way and communicating, not communicating it, and like letting them know, and you know, not trusting that they actually want to be there for you. Because you have some people that are like, "Yeah, I'll ride or die." You just got to give me the opportunity. Mm. You can't just say like, you know, I'm out and not give me a chance to jump in the car. Right, right and that's fair. I really resonate with what you said too, because for a long time, I mean, I'm such a I wouldn't say strong as in like strong ass bitch, but like I'm a, I'm a hard ass bitch. Yeah. Like and and sometimes I don't realize that like I need somebody to be soft with me. Yeah. Like I will joke all fucking day with the homies, but like and I'll probably joke with you too while we're out and about. But when we're at home, I need you to be soft. Mm. Like I need you. Like I need hugs. Like yeah. nobody's fucking business. I didn't realize I was not hugged enough as a child. Wow. Until like I got into a relationship where the person wasn't physically affectionate a lot or like something else that really caught me off guard in my last relationship was he didn't use pet names like he never called me baby or like honey or like things like that and like yeah. i didn't realize what a big fucking deal that was to me and how mm -hmm. much it made me feel like i wasn't in a relationship right until like a couple months in and i was like damn this really fucking affects me mm -hmm. like i don't know why it just hurts so it's like i didn't realize i needed that you know or like right. just when I'm upset or like I've had a bad day, I really don't need anyone to talk to me. It's nice, but I need a hug. Like yeah. I need to be held because I've held myself together for so long. Mm. And sometimes I just need somebody to help me hold me. I yeah. don't need them to hold me up, but I need them to help me hold me. Right. Yeah. Word. I like that. Definitely felt that shit, yo. Yeah, you're a hugger. I'm definitely a hugger. Like, <laughs> I don't know. Like hugger I kind of hard R, man. Best way. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't a hugger. He's a hugger. I'm a hugger. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, the best way I could describe it is like that that common that common bar that he said. He's like, y'all are fake like a smile, like a hug them tight. Yeah, that Skip hug. ladies, this is rip a motherfucking night. <laughs> like, <laughs> Damn. Nah, but like. I don't know like I'm, I'm a very affectionate person in the sense of like I like to hug and like most of the time when I see Katya anytime that I see her like I just want to hug her because she's very huggable and as yeah. all of you know that yeah, like yeah like I offended her by not hugging her <laughs> <laughs> I get offended too when I don't get I a fucking that. hug yeah, <laughs> respect, like, I got a problem with you fucking me but I got a problem with you not, not fucking me yeah <laughs> Where's my hug? Right. Like, right. Facts. That was something Rue and I were talking about that like her and Zeus got into a conversation about it yesterday. Like we should normalize being able to like be affectionate with your friends. Yeah. You know, like you should be able to hug your friends, like hold your friend's hand if you need to. By the way, I'm not holding your hand, Manny. You know where my hand's been. It's okay. <laughs> You've seen the sticker on the back of my Jeep. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> But like, yeah, I mean, like, just being able to hug your friends and just be there for them, like, I'm, I'm all about that shit. Right, like, I held hands with one of my best guy, two of my best guy friends, I've held hands with, and I never once experienced attraction to them. 
It was mm. just like, damn, I really needed my friend to hold me. Yeah. You know, and it's, it, it was nothing weird. Like, and I hold my homegirl's hands too. Like, and grant you, like, I'm attracted to all gender, shapes, sizes. I don't give a fuck. You nice. Yeah, I probably got a crush on you. But like at the <laughs> same time, like, I didn't feel anything but platonic energy. It was like, damn, this is a really fucking good friend. My mind never went to, oh, I'd like to fuck them now. Or like none of that yeah. shit. Like, I didn't see a future romantically. It was just like, wow, this is dope. We should really fucking normalize this stuff, man. Because mm-hmm. like so many people, like, you don't realize, like, sometimes you just need to be like, but I mean like hey man yeah, I'll hold your hand you. and it's just like it's something real it's like I'm really fucking here for you and yeah. it, that's all it takes yeah like sometimes that's the only reassurance I need like a pat on the back a scratch on the head you know mm-hmm. but it's and that's what sucks is like being a physically affectionate person who like thrives in environments like that because for some weird fucking reason society has conditioned us to believe that that only belongs in either romantic relationships or parent-child relationships mm. like hugging and shit like that like holding yeah. somebody like why can't I hold my friends right like if they're crying like why can't I go cuddle with them in bed mm-hmm. you know like I don't have to fucking do nothing to you I just want to be next to somebody like I want to feel somebody's skin I want to I disassociate so fucking much that sometimes that's the only grounding I need yeah is somebody like feeling a person there well I've experienced this a little bit in the fact that like I love my friends I have six friends uh, that I went to high school with um, and they're like my boys, and I don't mean by like my boys, like oh they're my boys, but like they're like my generally like they're my other rider guys. Like mm-hmm. I've known these guys for on like 15 years now, and I noticed it was kind of weird that like I go like I actually do feel like 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 when I say goodbye, I was like I love you, bro, but like I like I love you, man. Like I would never. Yeah, say yeah. It. So like I had to like you know, and some of them would, some of them wouldn't, but like eventually we all got comfortable with ourselves where we actually were able to say like yeah, man, I love you. What's up? You know like. You know, and it didn't feel in the words of, uh, well, we don't even say no homo. We want all the homo in our friendships. <laughs> we don't say, don't be a fag. Or, That's okay. <laughs> but see, it's that. Like, I, I, I'm of the belief, like, I'm, I'm there to normalize, like, telling your friends that you love them. Because, like, you could lose somebody without even knowing it. You know what I mean? And, like... I feel like that should be normalized, you know, like we were saying, like being affectionate with your friends, but telling your friends that you love them if you do love them. Yeah, for real, dude. Like, I don't know why it's like such a taboo thing sometimes to like, especially like in a very heterosexual society. It's so weird that so many people don't tell people they love them, man. And I mean, I that was a lesson I had to learn, unfortunately, through grief, like making use of your time and, and really understanding that time is limited and things like that. And like I said, unfortunately, that's a circumstance in which I had to learn the lesson through. But at the same time, like, bro, I say this shit all the time. I will never be grateful my mom died, but I will always be grateful for the person I am as a result because it taught me things like that to say like to your homies, I love you, bro. And it's no, not weird. It's just like, I genuinely love you. I'm glad that you exist. So, like, if you ever go back to an older literature and things like that, then people would tell them how much they meant to them. You know, like, people would actually tell you how much you meant to you. And then I think we got to a point where that was just like, yeah, that's gay. Um, you know, and then, like, we stopped doing that. Mm-hmm. And it's slowly coming around. Like, there's the movie called I Love You, Man. Like, yeah, it's a comedy. But it kind of brings up that point. You know, it's a weird thing that I think has died off a lot. But, like, it should come back with, like, a vigilance like just letters 
We don't write enough letters to our friends. We don't give them enough tangible reminders that we value their existence. Well, with, with technology and how we were able to talk to people, like the phone, like, you know, back in the day, like, I, mean, I know it's a video game, but you could actually see it with the of Red Dead Redemption 2. You notice the effect that letters had on people. You know, because that was the only way you could contact somebody that you didn't see unless you went and got to see them. It was how you kept in touch with somebody. And that's what I think is a big part of the issue is... is Our instant communication. Well, no, that, like, it... I can be like, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Don't yeah, and not only just that, man, but it also, I feel like, diminishes the effect of people's existence sometimes. Because it's like, instead of saying, you know what, I genu we don't understand what we value at this point. Because we don't have to really put in that much effort to see or, like, or be a part of someone's life anymore. It's, like, instantaneous. Like, if I want to know what you're doing, I can text you right there. Like, it, there's no opportunity to miss people. There's no yes. nothing. Like, there's 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 only instantaneous connection, and if you don't respond, I don't want it anymore. Like, what about fucking letters, bro? Like, you had to wait to talk to somebody for a week? Like, chances are you not only miss them more, but you actually understood, like, how much that person meant to you. Right, if you were worth a letter. Well, also, like, it's it's the whole idea of absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yep, yep. You know, so, like, like seeing Zeus yesterday was the first time I saw him in a good couple of weeks. And I know he's been going through it, and he's been kind of in dad mode. But, like, when I got to see him, like, I just felt fucking joy. Because I was like, I get to see my guy, you know? Yep. Every time I get to see this guy, I feel fucking joy. Because I'm like, that's my guy. Like, whenever I get to see you, when I see ambition, when I get to see just, like, people... Whenever I get to see people that I love, I'm just like, I just feel fucking joy just to be there. And I think that technology has really taken away the value of presence. And it's also glorified a lack thereof in a way because it's like you have these I'm missing outs or these what ifs or I wish I was doing that. And it's like, bro, I'm on my phone for a lot of times it, it's I have so many unread messages and I don't say that's not a flex at all. Like I have so many unread messages, but when I have somebody, no, I'm good right now. Um, when I have somebody I want to talk to, like I will talk to them. It might not be like once a day, but like I'll, if I want to talk to you, I will read your message right there. If I don't want to talk to you right then and there, I'm not going to open that shit. You know what? I can agree with that because like when you like, I want to put it this way. When you have nothing to talk about when you get home, because you already know how their day is going and stuff like that, you know, shit can, like, differences aside, you have nothing to bond over or talk about. Yeah. So, like, think of it this way. If you're, you're seeing somebody who's, like, super busy all the time, and so are you in a sense, but when you come home, you get to talk to them, that brightens up your day, because you're actually spending the time that you have in this world. We only have, in a day, 24 hours. Half of that, we're spent dicking around. Uh, we're not sleeping all the time because obviously we're all cranky. But like, well, and that and people live like they're immortal. Well, yeah. So <laughs> like, you know, there's 24 hours in a day. If you work a, a regular job in a sense, 10 hours of those are devoted to work because you got to shower, shake, shave, get ready, make your lunch or whatever it need be, go to work, spend nine hours out of the day, and then like an hour to half hour to commute. That's half your day gone already. Plus, you know, that you don't have a full day. It's more like 18 hours in reality. And, uh, you know, basically you're half your day shot already by the yeah. time you get out of work. And then when you get the shit done that you need to out of work, 
you know, that's not a lot. So if I choose to spend my time out, out of like with nothing to do with you, that means I value you. And like, I'm not saying that just because you're getting my spare time. Well, like, you should enjoy that. But no, if I actually take the time out of whatever time I have left to me in this day to actually want to spend time with you, that means I value a lot. Yeah. I felt that because like, it was like with uh, what you were saying, like what you went through this past week. Like I was saying, if, if a dude cares, like just as a man, I mean this, I can't speak for every man, but I could speak for myself. If I care enough about you, I'm going to make time for you. Exactly. Like, there's a lot of time that I spend just being by myself, like either playing a video game or just fucking doing what I do around the house, right? If I'm going to use that time to spend with you, it means I fucking care about you. And I know there's a lot of people that have a lot of shit going on and it fucking wears them out to the point to where when they get home, they just want to sleep. But if somebody truly cares, they will actually have time for you. You know what I mean? And I think just relationships to me, they're easy. They're like second nature to breathing easy. Problem is people fucking suck and they make them hard. But nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah, nobody wants to talk about it. We will hear though. We will hear though. Absolutely. Because this is Cigars and Bars, baby. My best friend had to bring that up to me the other day because I was crying over that circumstance, more or less. And she had to remind me. She was like, you know, Rue, I've never seen you act like that towards another person in your entire life. Because I got pretty pretty rude sometimes in that relationships, unfortunately. And I've taken so much accountability for all the things that went wrong in that relationship. Like, I really, truly have. Like, I feel guilt, remorse, all of it. But she, she was like, you know... At the same time, though, it's really unfair that somebody lets you take all the responsibility for something that you both played a part in. Well, yeah, somebody else, they were your partner in crime and they let you take the time, you know. Yeah, and that basically, yeah, and she had to bring that up to me and I was like, you know what, you're absolutely right. Like, never once have I heard, I take accountability for all of this too and I realize that I affected you so adversely that you acted irrationally. Look, I'll joke about like, all the shit bad things I did with my ex and how she was a crazy bitch, but I was 50% of that crazy. Mm-hmm. Even even though, like, I don't, like if, like, if we really break it down, yeah, sure, probably not that much. I still had my hand to play because I was there. So right. It doesn't matter. It's like the law. You were there, like, with your buddy. You were just doing a simple bank job and he shoots the guard. You know, right. you shot the guard, too, even though you did. Uh-huh. And she had to break, she had to really, like, make sure, like, I knew that, which I was appreciative of because I feel like I've taken 100, like, I went from taking none of the responsibility to taking absolutely 100% of it in the middle of the relationship. And that's where I really tried to start doing things differently. But, like, in the same regard, it's not anyone's fault that I acted irrationally, but in the same regard, like, Begging somebody to love you will make anybody fucking crazy. Right, unless you're Taylor Swift and you could write a song. I hate that bitch. (laughs) I mean, uh, first of all, I do write songs, so let's start there. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) But no, like I have a whole album based around of of songs, like not out, but like of songs, just freaking written about somebody that I was begging to love me for two years, and it's like. Well, yeah, like that's going to drive anybody absolutely batshit fucking crazy because when you love somebody so much and that's all they're giving back is like 
a lack of energy, a lack of reciprocation, a lack of attention, just a lack of fucking everything. Like, yeah, you're going to start to get really frustrated. Now, how I handled that wasn't the right way. I definitely could have worked in my communication. That's why I'm still currently single. I'm working on communication still. It's gotten a lot better. But like at the same time, it's like, why am I letting somebody gaslight me into believing that I was the sole problem? That's unfair to myself. Mm. I like this. This is good. <laughs> she was just taking notes. You should write at the top of that list, don't date men. <laughs> well, there goes my ideas. <laughs> it's like, well, there's all that out of the window. Just crumple up the paper, throw it. Yep. I'm not the basis for all men, but you could probably throw a picture of man and then put my face on it and then be like, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, I did want to thank you guys for having me. On of this course, podcast. thank you for being uh, here. It's yeah. about fucking time we did some shit. So I know, right? I'm so glad, <laughs> and it's my favorite topic. I love talking about relationships, connections, and not not even talking shit about relationships. I've just gathered a lot from being single and also being in so many fucking relationships that I just love talking about the shit and hopefully like I felt that spitting gems to somebody that maybe you know all eight of our listeners <laughs> yeah. yeah you should appreciate what we do for you we bring on some of the best people that we know to talk about relationships yes. facts misogyny bars and cigars uh, misogyny bars. Let's Woman, go. you say it right. It's misogyny, okay? <laughs> misogyny. I don't do misogyny on this show. I'm not asking for a blowjob and a sandwich. Oh my God. Come on. <laughs> but, you know, it's really fucked up. There are like a house full of women and there are no sandwiches. Uh, I'm, I'm fucking leaving now. <laughs> you just pissed off ambition. Yeah, what are you doing, now, man? Manny. Fuck you, man. <laughs> I mean, I didn't make a connection. Don't with you. date men. <laughs> don't date men. Just don't date Manny. That's Women what, of the world that don't be the date name Manny. Of these episodes. <laughs> don't date man. Right. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, with that being said, Rue, if you want to come take my my seat over here, I'm gonna probably get start packing up to get going back to Phoenix. Well, we're we're probably gonna close the show. We've been going a lot longer than we usually do. Shit. Yeah, but, we're gonna need a Gatorade. <laughs> hell yeah. Where can they follow you, Ambition? Oh, please do. So, uh, Instagram is Ambition the Great. YouTube, you want to check out all 16 of my videos. Uh, Ambition 619. Ray Mysterio. Fire, (laughs) yo. By the way, I didn't do redactions. The redactions on this show, um, it was fucking... uh, It was Dante Martin that Hangman fought. And also, it it wasn't the Jericho Appreciation Syndicate. Apparently, I got that wrong. Allegedly. Allegedly. Where can they follow you, Rue? I'll tell you where they can't follow me. Please don't follow me to the grocery store or to my job <laughs> or to my house. No, I'm kidding. Um, shit, what did you... Oh, where they can follow me. Uh, so, everything on all platforms that I want you to be on, it should be R-O-U-X-T-S-11. That's on Instagram. Uh, that's my at Gmail. If you want to send me some fire beats, or if you just are an emailer because you're old as hell. Just kidding. Just kidding. Um, and then, if you want to follow me on Snapchat, I might add you back. Chances are highly unlikely, but it's Ho for Soup. <laughs> twenty-one. So it's H O E F O R S O U P twenty-one, and that's for my Twitter account as well that I also don't use. So 
Yeah, you Let's can go, go find some really, really old tweets, one about your lizard girlfriends, and <laughs> you might see some shit on Snapchat I don't want you to see, so. Manny, where the fuck can they follow you? They can't. <laughs> <laughs> Not after last time. <laughs> yeah, we don't need that again. But uh, I always say it. I mean, I say it all the time. Everybody should know this by now. I don't need your follows. I don't need you following me at Babyface Stew on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You don't need these jokes. You don't need these ha-has, and you don't need to be a chuckle fuck. Nobody needs that. (laughs) Chuckle fuck. I'm just saying. I'm using that. Don't send me your titty pictures, your ditty pictures, your fur daggers, or your sick invite messages to MCStizza26 on Snapchat. You can send that shit to Zeus. But, uh... With that said, this has been Cigars and Bars, episode 10. Shout out to you, Ambition. Thank you for joining us. Thank you guys so much. And we're going to do this again real soon. Thanks. Next time uh, I'll be drunk as fuck. (laughs) Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) I love you all, Chuckle Fucks. I do too.